0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. Our prayer is that through this message, you will find the Father, a family, and a fulfilling future. Be sure to connect with us online at Cornerstone Church Social to keep up with all things Cornerstone. Thanks for tuning in. Well, I want to thank Jacob for putting the pressure on me. I would have much rather preferred him just say, here's Scott, he was last here last year, he stunk it up so bad that we wanted him to have another chance, and that would have made things way easier, but thank you, welcome to Cornerstone Church, I am privileged to be able to come up and preach the Word of God, which is one of my all-time favorite things to do, and I love to do it at this church. Last year, I walked through the doors, all these people saying, hi, how are you, this is great, get these donuts, have this coffee, I was pumped up. By the time I got up here and then today, just have you guys. <laughs> I'm playing, I'm playing. Wasn't worship awesome? It was so amazing. You guys did a great job. Thank you for leading me in the presence of worship and giving us an opportunity to be ready to hear the word of God. And so with that, can we say a little prayer and then uh, and then we'll jump right into it. Father, I pray that as we get ready to read your word and as we get ready to talk about our weakness today, that you will remove any road roadblocks, that you'll remove any speed bumps from us being able to hear exactly what your spirit wants us to do and wants us to understand and grasp. And I pray that as we do this, that your spirit moves throughout, not just this platform, but every home and every family that's watching. And it's in your name that we pray for this. Amen. Has anyone ever told you that you are weak? I get that often. I have friends who work out. I do not. I have friends that have muscles. I do not. So I get them making fun of me often. However, today we're going to talk about weakness in a spiritual sense with a twist. And the great thing about God is that he takes us at our very unperfect point in our lives and twists and turns and makes us who has no spirit, who have no spiritual strength and no spiritual foresight, he digs into our lives and gives us just that. And I say that you're weak and I point at you guys, you guys are all weak, we're weak, I'm weak, those of you at home are weak, but 1 Corinthians 1.27, it's just not me, it's also God. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. As Christians, we want to go deeper. We want more knowledge. We want these things so bad that we'll read, we'll do devotions, we'll watch, listen to podcasts, we'll do all this because we want to grow spiritually. And none of that is wrong. All of that is good. But sometimes what happens is when we get this spiritual knowledge, we think that we have spiritual strength within ourselves. The good news today is that you at home, us up here, we will never have strength in ourselves that is good, as not good enough. But the thing you need to understand and that we're gonna learn today is that strength is deceiving. Strength is deceiving. Both spiritual strength, because here's, here's how it's deceiving spiritually. Spiritually, we get through a, a victory and we go, oh, I just did that. And then you, you want to just look at somebody and go, you didn't do nothing. You did nothing. That was all God. And then every once in a while, when we bring our, our self-strength and we try to conquer something, we realize that we might get through this or that, but we cannot bear the load that might come every time. Let me tell you a story about a, a young man who went into, a laundry, uh, went into a grocery store and he asked for where the laundry detergent was. And the woman looked at him and said, yeah, it's back here. What you need it for? And she go, he goes, my cat got super dirty. I need to wash him. And she goes, whoa, whoa, wait a second. You do not wash your cat with laundry detergent. He goes, you don't understand how dirty he is. And just walks off and goes, gets his laundry detergent, gets it and, Takes it home. He comes back a couple days later and she goes, hey, I wanted to ask you about your cat. How's he doing? And he put his head down. And he goes, he passed away. And she goes, I told you not to use laundry detergent. And he looked at her and goes, it wasn't the laundry detergent. It was the spin cycle that got him. <laughs> you, got, everybody, you must be a dog person. I am a cat person. I have two rescue kitties. And you say, how can you share that on TV? <laughs> how can you share that with our church? Because here's the, here's the correlation. I think it's the spin cycle of life that gets all of us. I think at times we go through such crazy stuff in life, in the spin cycle of life, that leaves us utterly twisted in knots, wrung out of tears. We are dried up and we, we try to be strong, but we can't. We try to be powerful, but we're, we're simply not enough. And I suspect that the spin cycle gets most of us. And so the entire book of 2 Corinthians talks about how it's the Holy Spirit and power that brings us and helps us get through the difficult times. And so what I want to do is I want to take a section of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 6. I want to take a real quick section and I want to do what's called an exegetical study on it. I want to just break down 6 and 7. And then I want to talk about God's power a little bit and how our weakness is one of our greatest assets. You guys ready for that? Everybody's ready? All right, let's jump to it. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, it says, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Now, listen, I keep that up there for me. I am a Bible geek. I'm a Bible nerd. The thing that I like to do most is read and find these kind of verses and really study them. And so if that's not you and I'm annoying to you, just bear with me. There's going to be a good message here, I promise. But it says, let God, who said, let light shine out of the darkness. You realize when he said, let light shine out of the darkness, that light actually came out of the darkness. Just think about that for a second. That's the power that we're going to be talking about. And then it says he made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory, which was displayed in the face of Christ. Think about the power we're talking about here. Think about how God was able to take my heart, your heart, your heart listening right now. And he was able to shine in the darkest spot of our lives, his light and illuminate our hearts so that we would see his glory. Can we even comprehend that? Can we even comprehend the power and the awesomeness and the glory it takes to have God do that? Like that's incomprehensible. Like we can't even understand that. When God says, let there be light, boom, there's light. When God looks at our heart and says, it's time to illuminate, it illuminates. This is power. This is unbelievable. This is God's glory. And the great thing about God's glory is God's glory cannot be matched or measured. I love the verse because the verse says that we have a knowledge of God's glory. But it was given through us through Christ. We've read about it. We've experienced it. It's this all-encompassing thing that we can't truly explain. We don't have an understanding of it. We don't, we don't get it and, and we're like, here's God's glory. Oh, let me explain every part to you because I know it so well. We just have a knowledge of it. And this, the, the best example I could come up with is I have a knowledge of how to change the oil. All right. I know that you take the cap off the bottom and all the oil runs out. Okay. you put that cap back on. That's an important part. And then you take the cap off the top and you pour new oil in. Okay. some of you are going, no, you don't even know how to change oil. Just saying. That's how much I don't know. I have a knowledge of it. All right. And so as as I do that, that oil has so much more going on that I don't I can't even come up here and and you know, in a knowledge, explain it to you, but I know it goes through the engine somehow and gets to the engine and works and makes the engine work. That's all I know, okay? I don't know anything else. I just know where to put it in, where it comes out, and kind of that I need it or my car engine will start making crazy noises and blow the engine up. That's that's my knowledge. And that's kind of how it is for us. We have a knowledge of God's power and his glory, but we don't have a understanding of it really because it's too big for that. It's too huge for that. And so God's glory, and you'll see that here, God's glory can't be matched or measured. And so you might ask, for what reason do we have this knowledge? That should be what we're asking. If God's gonna give us a knowledge for something, we have to know what to do with it. So let's go back. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 4, 7. We're gonna talk about this a little bit more and break it down. Everybody's ready? You guys ready? You guys ready? Okay, let's do it. But we have this treasure... This treasure, we have this treasure. Paul's talking and saying, we, all of us, as Christians, we have this treasure. So your your question should be, what is the treasure? The treasure is what we just talked about. It's a knowledge of God's glory. It's a knowledge of his glory in the face of Christ. We have this treasure, this power, this glory. We have this thing. And we have it through the word of God. 2 Corinthians 4.4 says this. If you go up a few chapters or a few verses. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. Listen, I am a firm believer in spiritual warfare. I believe we have enemies and I believe we have the gospel and I believe that the enemies try to get people to not see the gospel because the glory of Christ is revealed in the gospel. So when we read scripture and we understand scripture and we bring it, it gives us more of a knowledge and understanding of the glory of God and in that it comes, becomes a part of who we are so we live out that glory and that power. But the enemy is trying to keep us from seeing that and keep people from seeing that. So they will not experience the glory of Christ, thus not experiencing the power of Christ. And so then what what is life? Who is God? What is he all about if we've never experienced him? And so we have this treasure, this power, basically, which is totally minimizing God's glory by just calling it power because there's so much more to it. But for the sake of this sermon, just bear with me. It's the word of God. It's the glory of God. It's the glory of Christ. And Paul goes on to say in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, he says this, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. Last week, Pastor Jacob talked about Hawk Nelson and he said, if you are 30 or younger, you know who Hawk Nelson is. I am 44 and I did not know who Hulk Nelson was, but I am 44 and I know who Jars of Clay was, is they were one of the best Christian rock bands to come out. They're one of the first that were really good because I endured a lot of bad Christian music in the eighties. I'm just saying. Okay. (laughs) Jars of clay is a reference when Paul says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. He is talking about us. We are the jars of clay. We are that, those people, and in us is a treasure. And that treasure is the knowledge and the understanding of God's glory in each and every one of us if we've given our lives to Christ. And jars of clay, they were not like, so it kind of got... It kind of got a little erased, so we'll just act like this says jars of clay on it. So these jars of clay, they're very weak. If I would smash this right now, it would break. I could almost squeeze it and break it because a clay jar is very fragile. They would sometimes put water in it to get water. They would hide their valuables in it because they knew no one was going to look at a jar of clay and look inside and go, oh, there's, well, not that they would have $5,000, but... Oh, there's money in there, there are valuables in there. No one would do it, so they would hide things. But the problem, and the reason why I think he compares us to jars of clay is because they were sensitive, they were imperfect, they were fragile, they were easily broken, and they were empty inside. They had no worth unless you put worth in it. And the greatest thing is, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. In you and I, we have this treasure. This should not upset anyone because if you remember 1 Corinthians 1.27, remember what it says. It says, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise and God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. And so God did not choose us because we're beautiful, because we're handsome, because we have rock solid abs or some great love handles. He did not choose us for that. And he did not even choose us for having great, strong arms. I don't know if you guys watched the video last week of Pastor Jacob preaching. Anybody see, watch it? He had this yellow shirt on. And there's a moment. Can I, can I just, since he's not here, can we talk about him a little bit? Is that all right? Yeah. Cornerstone fam? can we talk about Pastor Jacob? He went like this. And I noticed his shirt was like super tight. And I was like, has, has he been working out? I'm like, what is going on here? So then I realized, I called Jessica and I said, why does, why does JL look so buff? And she told me the secret. She told me that he has her cut the sleeves and sew them a little tighter. So when he's up here on stage, he can make that muscle and he just looks huge. Just saying. And so uh, not that that has anything to do with what we're talking about, but whether you have big muscles like Pastor Jacob, or you have good love handles like most of us, God chose us because he loves the state that we are in. That's fantastic. We are weak. And when God chose us as a weak person, as a foolish person, as whatever it is that you feel like you are right now, that you might think is, is a horrible thing that God can't work through, he chose you in that. And so we are, our makeup is perfect for him in his plan. Our makeup is what gets us to, to be able to do exactly what he wants us to do. We are not jars of titanium, okay? Although some of us think we are. Some of us, we put on this exterior, we puff out our chest. If you're a man and we're like, hey, I can handle anything. But underneath all of that, you're a jar of clay. So you might get hit with something real hard and that titanium might knock it away. But there's going to come a time because, and this is a main, major point. We are not meant to win every time. It's so important for us to understand that we're not meant to win. And if we could understand that and we could back that up and go, okay, wait, wait, wait. So this means that when I'm going through the spin cycle of life, for those of you who hate my cat illustration, when I'm going through the spin cycles of life, that might mean I'm supposed to be there. Because a lot of people don't, uh, that's, wait a second, that's not what I'm used to. I'm not used to saying God might allow me to go through something really difficult, but he does. That's God's way. And if we understand that's God's approach, then we can embrace that when we walk through it. We could go, okay, I'm going through the spin cycle, but you know what? This is God's plan. And if this is God's plan, then on the other side of the spin cycle, when it gets turned off, I can embrace whatever comes out, whatever is there. We were meant to go through it. And we were meant to go through it because we are jars of clay and, and our makeup was perfect for him and his plan. So we can, as the jar of clay is going through the spin cycle and it's being broken because of its fragileness, we can use and allow our, what, what is in us to ooze out. And what is in us is the treasure that God has put there. His power, his grace, his whatever is encompassed by his glory comes out when you go through that brokenness. Man, I wish we could grasp that sometimes. I wish that when we're dealing with our issues in life, that we would embrace them as issues rather than going, what's going on? I don't know what's going on. This is horrible. No, it's not horrible. It, it looks like it's horrible, but on the other side of that is God's glory, his power, and it's gonna be amazing when you're done. It sucks right now. Am I allowed to use that word? It stinks right now, but, we, but it will get better. But Why? why is this treasure in the jar of clay? And let's go to 2 Corinthians 4, 7, I'll show you. But we have this treasure in, the, in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. And I wanna, get, I wanna dig into this whole idea that it's from God, but I wanna do that last because that's how I set up the sermon. But uh, it, what does it mean? First, We have this treasure in jars of clay to show. So the treasure in us, the treasure in our jar of clay is to show something, to show others. Well, what are we showing? We're showing that this all-surpassing power is from God. So it is our job and our purpose to show that this all-surpassing power that is getting me through, that is breaking me and molding me and putting me in the spin cycle is getting me through that. We are to show that to others. God's glory, the gospel, Christ's glory. But I wanna get to that later. That's my last point, because it's the good point. But let's deal with something. This all-surpassing power, we'll go back to that, if you don't mind, if we go back to the next one. Strength is deceiving, though, just to let everybody know. But this all-surpassing power is from God, and, and this is what I wanna focus on, not from us. See, this is the titanium we were talking about, right? This is where we start to talk about this, and we, we feel like we can handle so much. This is why we are perfect for God's plan. It's not from us, it's from him. This is why Pastor Brenda needs God. This is why Pastor Jacob needs God. This is why I need God. This is why you need God. This is why we need God. Because your most fit friend needs the power of God. When we need, we need God's power in life because we are weak jars of clay, I cannot overstate that. And when they are broken, when jars of clay are broken, when when we are broken as individuals, we crack, we spill out contents. The spin cycle gets turned on and we break everything out and we try to take care of it with fake titanium. But think about this process. When we put on our self-strength and our titanium and we try to live this thing out and it is God's plan to break us at times, I I I can go over here and I could go, okay, I'm just gonna be in my weakness, I'm not putting my titanium on and I'm gonna let whatever God brings me, crack me. Or I'm gonna go over here, I'm gonna put my titanium on and I'm gonna fight it (laughs) until God drops the biggest load ever on me to crack me and break me. I'm going, I'm taking the easy route. I'm just gonna go, I stink at this thing being a Christian. I want you to break me, do whatever, I'm done fighting. And I'm gonna take the 50 pounds rather than the 500 pounds upside my head, okay? Everybody get where I'm coming from with that? And you, what, you, what you have to understand is the contents you spill out, when it spills out, a treasure can flow of God's glory and God's power or a steaming pile of self-strength can come out. In motivational speech, as a 40-year-old, some of you guys will get this, Stuart Smalley from Saturday Night Live used to say, He'd stand, he's an unassuming man and he'd stand in front of the, the, the mirror and he'd go, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough and gosh, gosh darn it, people love me. He'd tell him that's every day. But the reality is, that's wrong. We're not strong enough. We're not good enough. And when we go through that and we make that our lives, we promote self-strength instead of the glory of God. We defeat our purpose. Remember, now we're good. Strength is deceiving. But the problem that we have is this. We focus on the jar rather than the treasure. What do you mean? When we go through it and we get cracked, we go to the self-help books. When we go through it and we get cracked, if I'm a man, I go to the gorilla tape, right? Because... Duct tape is just doesn't sound as cool anymore when they make gorilla tape. So I go to the gorilla tape to tape up the cracks and to make the cracks and the brokenness look whole and healthy. And God's going, why are you doing that? Just rip those things off and allow my power and my glory to th- flow through so that you will experience something you could never experience in your own life. And so many times we take care of the cracked pot, the jar of clay, rather than the treasure of his power and his glory residing within us. Warren Wiersbe said this, and I'll read a quote. He says, uh, we must focus on the treasure and not the vessel. Paul was not afraid of suffering or trial because he knew that God would guard the vessel so long as Paul was guarding the treasure. man. That is crazy good. If I'll just guard that treasure, if I'll just guard the glory of God and realize and live that out, if I'll just make that a part of who I am and what I'm all about, then God will take care of the rest. So I can embrace my weakness. I can embrace what I'm not good at because I know God will take care of that if I'm taking care of the treasure. And the way I take care of the treasure is be open to brokenness. Right? Richard, before we go there, this is the great thing about God. And it, it'll be right here so that you get it. I like visual. So when we are broken with God, we are not discarded. See, in life, when we're broken or something's broken, we send it somewhere else or throw it in the trash. Brokenness in our world says bad. Brokenness with God says good. Like he will not discard us if we're broken. a matter of fact, he embraces us. Just think about Moses. He's a jar of clay. He's not good enough. He's not talented enough, but he has to move his people. Think about David. He, David. King David comes up and they're lining him. all these guys up and they're big, tall, strong guys. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And we get to David and he's like, he's the king. He's gonna be the king. Well, wait, David's small. He's tiny. He's not like these other guys. He's a boy. These are men. He wasn't big enough. He was a cracked pot, but he was the chosen person. The 12 disciples, we could go on all day about that, like who they were, what they were, They were misfits. They did not work. They were broken jars of clay, but God chose them to move Christianity and the gospel forward. My favorite is Gideon. Gideon is hiding from the Midianites in a wheat threshing floor. So he's hiding. I mean, scaredy cat, big sissy, whatever you want to call him. He's there hiding. And an angel of the Lord comes and what's he say to him? Mighty warrior. (laughs) Like, wait, stop. Stop. He's like sitting there. He's like, he's a mighty warrior. I don't think so. He's hiding at the moment from the same guys that you're going to call him to go out and fight against and start an army against. What in the world? How could this be? It can be because God looks at our jars of clay and says, my power is perfect in this situation. So we don't have to worry about any of that other stuff. So Richard Baxter in 1691 said this. I was but a pen in God's hand and what praise is due a pen? I found that when I was studying, I thought it was so good. So I wanted to share it with you. So let's move on. Let's get back to the text in uh, 2 Corinthians. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. So we want to show that it is from God. As Christians, when you walk around as a jar of clay, inside you have a foundation of power. Inside this jar of clay, you have something that you can't even describe. And I love the Greek in the word surpassing. It means to throw beyond. So you need power for this situation. God has that in surpassing measure. He can do way more than that. You need it for this situation and God has surpassing power. You can do way more than that. He can do way more than that. And I love that. And then the Greek word for power is dunamis. Have you guys heard of that before now? It's a Greek word. It's a big word that a lot of churches have been throwing around. I got a lot of heads going, yeah. We've got to get away from comparing the church and God's power with dynamite, because that's where we get our word dynamite from. We've got to stop that. And I'm going to put a petition into all the preachers because people already think that lightning's going to strike when they come in church. They think the roof is gonna fall off, let alone hear about dynamite and God. I think we just need to change that a little bit because the power that we're talking about is an intrinsic power, it's a saving power. It's a power that can wash a soul clean in the snap of a finger. That's power. After years and years of dirtying it up, God can snap his fingers if he have fingers or if he does have fingers, he can do whatever he does and all of a sudden, boom, we're white as snow. That is power. But what's all this mean? Simple. When you go through the spin cycle, you're broken when you're bruised. There you can find your wealth of strength. You can find that treasure. You can find power to sustain you through that time. You can find power to change you in the situation. It's a power that's way above you. It's way above me. It's way above you at home. We can find all that. This treasure, you cannot store up. It has to be given out. It has to be given to other people. And that is the purpose It's a power you can pray for when you're going through the spin cycle. It is a power given to the weak to shame the strong, thus making weakness an asset, which we don't talk about enough. When we are weak, he is strong. The harder we try, the more we realize we stink at this thing. But the less we try and the more we focus on our weakness and who God is, the more our pseudo titanium exterior gets removed and God's power comes through and does mighty, mighty things. We are and need to be dependent on God's power. We will suffer because suffering brings brokenness. What can come out of brokenness? Let me explain to you what can come out of brokenness. Pastor Jacob talked about it last week and it was awesome he said that the Bible is great, we love it, but there are things that we're just not gonna agree on or understand, and I love that. But what he said was the one thing that we can agree on and we can understand is that Christ died on a cross, he was broken, and then God showed his power through resurrection. And that's not all. The minute he was broken, A power from God that was on high came and said, oh, through my son being broken, I'm going to shed the power of God and I'm just going to wipe out sin through forgiveness. Whoa, like that's power. That's what we're talking about. So brokenness in our lives is something to be like, can you imagine Jesus? Like he had to embrace this weakness. I could have never done it. When I'm sitting in front of the Sanhedrin and he goes, hey, prove to us that you're Christ. I'll be like, well, let me, w- watch me bring a flood right now. Or let me, let me raise that person over there in the grave from the dead. I would want to show my power because I knew I had it. But he embraced his weakness, did not give into that and died on a cross so that we could be saved from our sin, that we could have forgiveness. And so that the power of God would be on display. Oh my gosh, I get so excited. I can't do that here because I'm afraid I'm going to move too far. <laughs> I love this. This is so good. But what do we do? We don't embrace it, do we? We think, we think weakness is something to be avoided at all costs. When we should be walking in it, we should be embracing it and then let God use his power to show the world God's glory through us. And for heaven's sakes, when you're going through the spin cycle and you're talking to your friends, if your friend is not pointing you to God's glory, then just hang up the phone. Uh Stop talking, stop arguing, stop letting someone go, yeah, you say it, yeah, you do this. Yeah, he's horrible, yeah, she's horrible. Stop it. Find that person that's gonna go, you know what, you're going through the spin cycle right now. You need to embrace the glory of God in your life. Find how that happens in this situation because we might not know. And live out God's glory. John Piper said this, he said, your ordinariness is not a liability. It is an asset if you really want God to get the glory. You might think it's impossible. You might think that God can't do this. You might at home right now, you might be sitting there going, "But Scott, you don't have a clue what I'm going through." I don't I don't have a clue. I have no clue what you're going through. And I'm going to be honest and blunt. I don't care. Because what I do know supersedes and surpasses with its power what you're going through. You're saying, I'm here, you don't understand. And I'm saying, yeah, but God's here and he understands totally and his power totally completes it. So I, I err on the side of what can God do, not what am I going through. And when I err on the side of what is God going through, or I live my life based on what can God do rather than what I am going through, I realize that I'm opening up the door for his power to come and change not just my life, but the life of the people around me, my family members, my kids, my, my spouse, whatever it is. He can change that because when I embrace brokenness and God's power and glory oozes out of my life, all of a sudden scenarios, people, and life change for the better, and people get to know Christ in a new way. I live this, I shouldn't even be up here. I should probably be in jail somewhere and I couldn't read right. And God pl- plucked me out and said, you're gonna preach the gospel. And I'm like, I can't even read correctly because I have dyslexia. What is, how am I gonna do that? And God plucks it out. And you know why? Because of one verse, Matthew 20, Matthew nineteen twenty six says this. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I cannot explain to you watching today how much we try to get in the way of what God is doing. How we think we try to shine up the jar of clay. We try to make it look good for everybody else. And we do not embrace the power of God that is within us, that treasure that he placed in there. And if we would just get on our knees and say, God, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know it's your plan for me to go through this and going through this can open up a door for your glory to be shine. I want to do it, but we don't do that a lot. And it's easy for me. I'm in a good state of life right now. Everything's going well. But if, you know, when you're going through stuff, it's like, okay, whatever, Scott, shut up, get off the stage. I'm tired of hearing you, but I'm telling you, wherever you're at, God can do this. Whatever's going on, God has the power that is surpassing your situation and your issue. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you that you give us a power within us that can, that can touch lives everywhere. And Father, I know that there are people that are watching this online right now that have no clue where to go, what to do, who to turn to. But I believe and I have faith that if they turn to you, your power can help in this situation. And Father, I know that your power sometimes comes in wisdom. Sometimes it comes in overwhelming a situation. And sometimes it comes in a friend speaking the truth to you. But Lord, as your power comes forth, I pray that everybody who's listening to this will understand that your power is sufficient in our weakness and in our trouble. And I, help, I ask that you help us embrace it, that you bring this message to, to mind when we go through it. And it's in your name we pray, amen. If you are listening to this and you, don't, you, you decided to make a decision to follow Christ for the very first time, one of the things that is awesome about Cornerstone Church, which I love, is their journey starting point. There are hosts putting up a link that you can connect with. And then all you have to do is click on that, give us some information. We'll follow up with you. Make sure that you know exactly what your next steps are gonna be in this journey. And if you're a person who, who just says, Scott, this, this message was for me. I love this. I don't know what you could do. Happy faces, smiley faces, whatever you wanna do, do it. We wanna hear from you. We wanna know. We want you to always connect with us on social media, doing everything that we're doing to make sure that you're connected. And so I know these guys miss the crowd so much. They miss you so much. So make sure you do that. And don't forget talking points. Uh, We have some questions that you can go a little deeper, some verses that can go a little deeper. We took some of the verses from here and kind of expanded them a little bit more so you can understand that and take that and do it throughout the week and just answer some of the great questions that are on there. And you'll find that through the hosts as well. And so with that said, I'll just say a quick prayer of benediction and then uh, we'll see you next week. Father, I pray that you bless us, that you keep us and that your power shine through our brokenness. And it's in your name that we ask all of this. Keep us safe. Amen. Well, that's all for this week.